Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is Kyle Newman joined by my cohort Parker Gabriel on the podcast talking of course the hot news in Broncos country right now, the coaching search, seven candidates and Broncos committee including George Payton, Penner and Condoleezza Rice making their way through the candidates, through the interviews. Parker will recap us on all that and the obvious front runners after, of course, Jim Harbaugh withdrew from contention for the Broncos and other NFL jobs. He'll be staying at the University of Michigan, as announced earlier this week. And we'll also be talking NFL playoffs, divisional round coming up this weekend with some predictions as usual. So, Parker, let's start off with the coaching search. Kind of just recap where we are. Nathaniel Hackett comes in, all smiles, uh, you know, back in January, August, Super Bowl expectations, December 26th. Uh, nightmare after Christmas, and he's fired after a 4-11 start and the skunking at the LA Rams. So here you are, fast forward now, about another few weeks, and Broncos had eight candidates, list down to seven. What's your feeling right now with uh, Sean Payton, maybe Dan Quinn up there on that front runner list, considering Harbaugh dropped out? Yeah, definitely. So we're most of the way through the second week of first round interviews basically. Um, and then one, one question obviously will be whether they feel the need to go back to do second round interviews, bring candidates to Denver, uh, or if they sort of get through this week and Greg Penner, especially the CEO who's running the search feels good about where they're at. I mean, obviously the biggest name in contention is Sean Payton. Uh, they had a long interview with him on Tuesday of this week in Los Angeles. They had chatted on the phone before that sort of, um, not so much a formal interview, but just conversation um, at the beginning of this process. And so he's obviously the big one. There's a lot that goes into that. We, we can maybe talk a little bit more about yeah. sort of Sean Payton's situation in particular after um, more of an overview. And then yesterday they also talked to Raheem Morris, who I, I think is, you know, a really interesting candidate in his own right. Uh, he's only 46. He's been in the Super Bowl three times. Uh, he's been a head coach. Uh, he was a head coach in Tampa about a decade ago. He was a really young coach. Obviously, interestingly, he served as the interim after Dan Quinn was fired in Atlanta. And then he's been with Sean McVay and the Rams the last two seasons. So talk to him this week. They still have D'Amico Ryans, the young San Francisco 49ers defensive coordinator, and Dan Quinn, uh, the Dallas defensive coordinator, on the docket this week based on when we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon, Kyle. And then you know, last week they interviewed for uh, Ajiro Evero, their own defensive coordinator, Jim Harbaugh, who has since dropped out, uh, and then a couple of former head coaches, Jim Caldwell and David Shaw. So feels like the three guys, four guys are interviewing this week, probably outside of maybe Evero, depending on how things go. The guys that are up this week, Peyton, Morris, and Quinn in particular, um, maybe feel like more likely candidates than than most of the guys from last week but they've cast a pretty wide net um emphasis on experience and defense there are no young offensive coordinators um in the set of candidates that denver has this year unlike last year where they had four or five including nathaniel hack who got the job so it's been interesting obviously a lot of the conversation at this point is about sean payton uh, and we'll see where it goes from there so you mentioned Raheem Morris and, of course, his experience, even though it was a little while ago in Tampa and then the interim job in Atlanta, 
certainly he's got got to be up there in kind of that that front runner category uh, along with Dan Quinn who of course interviewed last year for the job with George Payton running that search instead of Pinner who was leading this search and of course Payton electing to go with Hackett over Quinn Quinn also passed over for the Bears job who and he was seen as you know kind of a front runner for that one last year so seems like uh, Dan Quinn this could be his year will be in Denver that's to be determined. And then with, of course, the banner candidate left, Sean Payton, you mentioned it a little bit, Parker, but the strings that come attached with this, in addition to an enormous annual salary, yeah. uh, the acquisition costs to get him out of his Saints contract, and Sean Payton said himself, it's probably going to be a first-round pick, um, part of that deal. Broncos pretty pick-strapped right now. Yes, they did get one back from the Dolphins, which was San Francisco's pick, but you know they gave up two to get Russ, uh, including fifth overall pick this year for the Seahawks, now belonging to Seattle. So, I mean, what's the tea leaves on that right now, Parker? We know Penner and Co. are willing to shell out, shell out the bank to pay this next coach, if Peyton, whoever it may be, but with the draft stuff intertwined and you know the stuff needed to get him out of the Saints contract and into a Broncos uniform, is, is that going to hold things up? Or is that going to be the ultimate roadblock here? Yeah, I mean, I think it's the biggest roadblock. I don't know if it would keep them from doing it, though, if they really think he's the guy. I mean, if you if you think that Sean Payton can lead you to a Super Bowl championship, um, a first-round pick is not going to stop you from trying to get that done. And uh, that's the question that we don't really know the answer to is, do they think that Sean Payton is that much better than any of the other candidates who wouldn't cost draft capital to hire, basically. So, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I think the what Sean Payton said essentially was that it, they're looking for approximately the value of a mid-first-round pick. Um, the pick that Denver has, San Francisco's pick, is going to be very low in the first round because obviously San Francisco's still playing. Right. Um, could end up as low as 31. Uh, and so all of that means that, you know, Denver's pick, let's say it ends up, let's say the 49ers win the Super Bowl and it's number 31. And it's 31 instead of 32 because the Dolphins had to forfeit their first round pick for tampering with Sean Payton last year. So thank you for that quick explainer. That was good. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's only one 31 picks in this year's first round. Yeah. In this year's first round, there's 31 instead of 32. Miami had to forfeit there. So let's say it ends up at 31. You know, that that pick is half as valuable on most trade charts as, say, like Houston at number 12. So to me, like it first for Denver, it's probably for this year's first rounder plus um, something, whether it's, you know, a, a second next year, uh, whether it's a player. I mean, as Sean Payne himself said, there's a lot of ways to arrive at that value. But of the teams in contention. Denver not only doesn't have its own first round pick, but it has the least valuable of the first round picks that are sort of in play. When you think about Arizona, when you think about Carolina, and when you think about potential Houston, so um, as the other teams in the mix for Sean Payton. So, and then not only that, but like, so Denver's interviewed Sean Payton now. They've satisfied the the Rooney Rule obligations, and obviously they've got several, um, you know, minority coaching candidates who are still in the mix for the job. Um, but when it comes to it, What's going to have to happen first is whatever team's going to hire Sean Payton works out the trade compensation with New Orleans first, and then New Orleans says, okay, it gives the team a thumbs up to basically offer him a contract. So all of this is going to play out in a very unique way where, like, if Sean Payton today wanted to say, 
I want to be the Broncos head coach. It's not that simple. Um, Denver has to work out the trade with New Orleans first before any of that can happen. Same with Carolina. Um, Sean Payton's going to New York, he said, uh, to meet with Dave Tepper, the the Carolina Panthers head coach. Another Friday. very wealthy owner, right? Yeah, the second wealthiest owner yeah. in the NFL behind the Broncos. So all of that is happening um, over the rest of this week as are two more interviews for the Broncos. So sort of like once you hit Friday night, um, then you kind of go into that mode of, okay, uh, where, where are the Broncos at and, and what comes next? Is it an offer to somebody or is it a second round uh, of a couple finalist interviews next week in Denver? You got to imagine if they want Peyton, they won't need a second interview, right? I mean, you, especially you if they're so. trying to hey, compete against other teams. see the facility, you know, right. that sort of thing. Like, I don't think that would be necessary. Um, especially if there's, you know, especially if Carolina turns up the heat and is like, Hey, we're, right. we're going to try to make this happen too. Um, you're competing would, with I mean, other I teams. Know, Kyle, it's, it'd be getting into a draft capital bidding war is not a good, is not, I mean, it's just, it's not a battle that Denver's likely to be able to go to the mat on and win. Yeah. I mean, maybe we've proven wrong on that, but that just, to me, like that's, you know, we'll see about that. Uh, to me, it's like if you can meet the price and if you're the best fit, if Sean Payton decides you're the best fit, you've got a chance. Uh, and then you just got to work it out with the Saints. Well, here's the other thing, too. I mean, even if you don't get into a bidding war with the Panthers uh, via the Saints, you know, over yeah, yeah. over trade, right? Uh, best case scenario, uh, Panthers decide uh, it's not worth it, go in a different direction, whatever. Still, is it worth it? Let's just play devil's advocate. You know, if you're a Broncos fan, to, to wager now and later, as you mentioned, their late first-round pick, probably not going to be enough of a compensation. They're going to need to throw a little more, sweeten the pot for the Saints uh, to even get to the offer stage to make that hefty $20 million a year offer to, to Peyton. I mean, is all that worth it? The, the money, you know, we can probably just cast aside because the ownership's good for it, right? But the draft right. capital considering everything that has just gone down in the past calendar year to get Russell Wilson and all the draft capital expended for that. And the serious question marks that remain on the field. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like there's better bang for your buck. Uh, there's some great candidates out there. Has Sean Payton been to the summit planting his flag? Yes. But geez, that cost. I don't know. I don't know if you can reconcile it as you're trying to, basically kind of rebuild this team around what you hope will be a revitalized Russell Wilson. It's just a lot of tall asks if you're going to empty the draft cupboard. Yeah, it really is. And it's funny because when a guy's coached as long as Sean Payton, you can make the argument sort of like on either side of the ledger that you want. Like, I don't think you can make an argument that he's a bad coach. Like, right. he's won 153 games in the NFL. But, like, you could say, well, he's won a Super Bowl. Well, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer. Well, you know, they were top 10 in the school, in uh, the NFL in scoring in 11 of the 15 seasons uh, that Sean Payton was there. And I don't think they ever finished lower. They were 19th in 2021 with Jameis Winston. That's by far the lowest it ever was in his career. They led the league in scoring twice. They were top three, like six times. You go on and on and on. Or you could flip it around and say, well, Drew Brees was already a pro bowler when he got there. They went. He went seven and nine three straight times with Drew Brees as his quarterback. He only went to the Super Bowl once in 15 years. He got suspended for an entire season because of the Bounty Gate scandal. Like, you can, when you coach, uh, you know, 200 and 
40 plus regular season games in the NFL, there's plenty of ammunition to say, Hey, this is so worth it. It's not even a question. And there's also, you know, plenty of the downside to say, eh, I don't know. I mean, he's 59. He, he basically walked away from his team because he knew they were in cap hell and Drew Brees had retired. And right. You know, like you, you, you can really, it's kind of great. Cause you can, you can be, you can pound the table, um, on either side of the argument. And that's not to try to like both sides or anything. It's just true. I've heard people say like, Oh, he's worth way more than a first round pick. If, if it's Sean Payton, he'll get you right back in contention. And I've had other people say like, well, why would you do that when you could hire, you know, Raheem Morris for, uh, you know, 6 million a year and, and no draft capital or right. any of, or any of the other candidates, you know, Evero, if you wanted to go with the young DC or Dan Quinn or, you know, guys that have been head coaches, uh, in the NFL before. So it's a fascinating situation. They find and yeah, you, you make a good point about Peyton leaving the Saints high and dry. I mean, listen, every coach and player has the right to read the tea leaves and the writing on the wall. And yes, the Saints were going in a bad way. Cap hell, no quarterback. Why would he stick around there? Well, he's under contract. So, um, but yeah, you know, he just, oh, don't worry. I'll come back and whatever team that wants me, well, they'll trade for me. Yeah, he like, started making noise about coming back to coaching, like not that long really after he Right. <laughs> okay, first Orange Podcast, Kyle Newman, Parker Gabriel. We will continue coverage of the coaching search, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Parker will keep you updated on all the updates, interviews as we go through here this week and into the weekend. And, it, you know, things could move quickly, as Parker said, after they finish this first round of interviews, depending on competition from around the league for for their desired candidate, etc. So we will keep you posted, denverpost.com slash Broncos. Final subject here on the show, breaking down the divisional round of the playoffs here. On the AFC side, you got KC in Jacksonville and Cincinnati and Buffalo. And on the NFC side, Philly and the Giants, Dallas and San Francisco. So let's just go through, Parker, real quickly, kind of uh, opening thoughts from the wild card round. And uh, I got to say, boy, Dallas, heck of a performance, despite yeah. the um, head-scratching kicking performance. Four, right. missed extra, four missed extra points. That was incredible for the first time in NFL history. How about the G-men uh, pulling the upset over the Vikings? Uh, still not convinced Daniel Jones is a elite QB right. quite yet, but we'll see this weekend if he can uh, prove me wrong. And on the other side of the bracket – um buffalo boy kind of limp into a victory over miami they got to be much better against the Bengals, and then i'll be interested to see um how this kc jacksonville game shakes out after uh jacksonville's performance epic comeback uh full charging by the chargers i loved your your live tweets on that parker just following along with that so any thoughts from you on that before we go into predictions yeah well the thing i think that one of the most interesting things is just the the quarterbacks on the AFC side and, and you know Trevor Lawrence like you're loop, grouping him in with three of the very best Joe Burrow um Josh Allen and obviously Patrick Mahomes but on pedigree and based on how Lawrence has played over the you know the, the second half of the season not how he played in the first half against the Chargers but right. you know that he those are four just like absolutely premium 
you know, level quarterbacks, right? Two of the guys were the first overall pick, Lawrence and and uh, Burrow. Um, obviously, Mahomes and Allen were top 10 or top 11 picks as well. Um, and then it's a little bit more of a mishmash on the other side. Like, obviously, Dax turned himself into one of the best. Um, Jalen Hurts has turned himself into an MVP candidate. Would have maybe been in contention if he wouldn't have got hurt late in the year. And then Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy. So it's right. kind of like the quarterback setup on both sides is very different. Um, but obviously, I think you can. I think you can pretty well say that you know the Giants and Philly are the teams that you know for different reasons. Obviously, Philly had the one seed pretty much locked up, and then had injury stuff and all that. So like, they're the only two of these teams that aren't really like rolling at this point. Um, and they play each other, so somebody's going to come out of that and make the NFC title game. Uh, and and I don't know, it's a great set of games. And the, and the wild card round was good too. You know, we got we got a bunch of good finishes, and and then obviously a couple blowouts in there too. So let's go to the predictions here to close out the show. Oh man, he's some tough decisions here, putting our uh, reputations on the line here, yeah, Parker. We are. Big time. Uh, I'll start off. You're right. That Philly Giants game, like definitely the least impressive of all the divisional games to me i'm gonna go with philly coming out on top jalen hurts winning the qb battle there and the eagles defense having a day in the dallas san francisco game man this is this is maybe the hardest one although cincy buffalo's up there too but brock purdy has that 49ers offense rolling you know i've seen the tweets like oh 49ers just stumbled into the next tom brady i mean a little premature but Boy, he has that <laughs> offense playing lights out. And oh. then, you know, the defense, uh, Ryan's defense, is has has lived up to the billing somewhat. Uh, in that opener, it was a little sketchy, but they got on back on track against the Seahawks. But 49ers defense top-ranked throughout the regular season at the end of the season in terms of points per game. Still, I'm going with Dak and the Cowboys. I, I oh, think I'm, I'm picking the boys. Back they looked good. They looked, real, I, they they looked really good. Like, and I, I was I, I thought the same thing. I thought, hey, look, if they lay an egg in that wild card game for as many times as Jerry Jones says Mike McCarthy's job is safe, like had that happened, um, yeah. who knows what could have happened there? But they came out, man. They were they were they were all over from the start. Uh, and then in the AFC side of the bracket, I love the way Trevor Lawrence is playing, but I just don't see the Jacksonville defense limiting the Chiefs' offense enough. I got Mahomes and Co. back to the AFC title. Against the Buffalo Bills, Bills beating the Bengals, dramatic, I'll say an overtime game, uh, and sets up Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC title tilt. Patrick or Parker, who you got? I kind of like Mahomes. Um, that uh, um, you know, I, I I have a couple picks different than you. Uh, it's interesting. I'll just start um, with the the Saturday games. I like the Chiefs, um, just like you, Kyle. I mean, it's it's hard to bet against them, especially in January at Arrowhead, the way they're playing. Uh, Giants and Eagles, uh, this is the a little bit more straightforward day. Um, the Giants, Brian Dable, they've done really good things this year. Um, I think the future looks pretty good there. But yeah. I, I'll take Philly. The only wrinkle there is they just they had the bye week and they had a little bit of that like injury stuff. Hurts hasn't played a lot in the last few weeks, so um, they need to get off to a good start. But I do like Philly. I think they're just better um, overall. Than the Giants, and then on Sunday, um, I just I love the way Cincinnati's playing, um, and Joe Burrow's good. Um, they've been they've been great on offense, but 
uh, Lou Anarumo and the Bengals defense has really sort of been a revelation this year. They've played really well. They're solid. They don't sack the quarterback a lot, but they do pretty much everything else well. I like the Bengals in an upset in Orchard Park. Um, and then the Niners. The Niners haven't lost since October 23rd. They've right. won 11 straight, uh, including the playoff game. Brock Purdy, the, the last games that they've played, they've scored 33, 35, 21, 37, 37, 38, and then 41 in the wildcard round. I mean, and, they're and, just absolutely rolling. And he has the highest rated QBR of any QB since taking over the job in it's the crazy. league. So they have not lost since they acquired Christian McCaffrey. I mean, at the trade deadline. That was when the Broncos traded Bradley Chubb. Right. You know, it was the week before that, even. They hadn't lost going back that far. Think about how long ago that seems in Broncos' time frame. Uh, so give me the 49ers over the Cowboys. So I got San Francisco against Philly in the NFC title game and Kansas City and Cincinnati in a rematch uh, in the AFC championship. This has been the first Orange Podcast brought to you by the Denver Post. Kyle Newman alongside Parker Gabriel. Appreciate you tuning in to today's show. DenverPost.com slash Broncos for more analysis. And until next time, folks, take it easy.